Welcome to episode 290 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. I'm Will Knaus, and with me, as always, is my co-host and husband, Mr. Jeff Adams. Hello, everybody. Welcome back, Rainbow Romance readers. This is the Big Gay Fiction Book Club episode for the month of February, and this month's pick is the contemporary new adult romance, Awkward Love by Riley Hart. Now, before we start our deep dive discussion of this month's book, we'd like to quickly thank the members of our Patreon community. It's because of them that we're able to bring you podcast episodes every single week with interviews from your favorite authors and reviews of some of the best books our genre has to offer. On the Big Gay Fiction Podcast Patreon page, members get early access to the book club episodes and some author interviews, as well as an exclusive monthly bonus episode that can't be heard anywhere else. Patrons help keep this podcast running and fund the transcription of the author interviews, making sure that this show is accessible to all readers and listeners. If you're in a position to help the podcast grow and would like more information, simply head on over to patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. So who's ready to talk about a book? Me, 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 me. Good, because that's what we're going to (laughs) do. I love this book so much. I say that every single time we sit down to do book club, I know, but Jameson and Will just absolutely did it for me. This may be awkward love, but I was just schmoopily in love with these two characters from the very beginning. So at the start of our story, Jameson is out with his two besties, Allie and Kira, when his awkwardness around handsome men, in this case their waiter, rears its ugly head. And it's decided that before they settle down to the business of living, you know, a real big grown-up adult life, they need a summer fling. And Jay needs to find a man to have his first hookup with. I found this so endearing. I mean, from the get-go here, we see exactly where the awkward and awkward love is coming from. With Jameson totally being tongue-tied around pretty much anybody who's attractive. And starting from right here, I just wanted to wrap him up and pat him on the head and tell him everything was going to be okay. But it's a great look into his character and... oh. Such nerdy cuteness going on. It just I can't tell you. This is probably going to be my swooniest episode of the book club so far. Our other main character, Will. Amazing name, by the way. Indeed. As a favor to a friend, he agrees to participate in a fundraising bachelor auction for an Atlanta LGBTQ charity. And by participate, I mean he is one of the bachelors. Is there any other way to really participate in a bachelor auction? I mean, it's meaningful. <laughs> Because otherwise you're in the audience. Will also, I found him charmingly endearing here because he doesn't really want to do this, but he wants to help his friend. He's got all kinds of just nice guy tendencies kind of mixed up with somebody who also really, at least to this point, tends to only look out for himself. I found him a nice dichotomy. The layers of Will will be peeling back throughout the story to reveal more of his character. Jameson and his gal pals are attending the auction with the purpose of finding someone for him to have a fling with. Will catches his eye, and when he expresses an interest, Kira and Allie make sure that the highest bid is his. I love the fact that these two look so much out for Jameson that they are willing to engage in a bidding war in order to secure him Will because they've seen how, like, that little flash that Jameson's like, ooh, this guy. They seized right onto that and they jacked this price up they didn't blink an eye at spending like two grand even though it kind of makes him want to throw up (laughs) they've just done that yeah poor jameson he's almost apoplectic when he realized what's actually going on poor guy yeah and he can't stop (laughs) them like oh 
because they're totally out for his best interests. After the auction, Will finds Jameson so they can set up their date. The guy is awkward and flustered, and Will assures him that if he's not into it, they don't have to do anything. Yeah, I really like that Will is giving Jameson the moment to steer the course of the date, regardless of what it is. They can do a whole bunch of stuff, or they could do nothing and just be chill, or even actually do nothing. Well, it's a moment of express consent. Well, yeah, I mean, that's exactly (laughs) what it is. But I mean, even here in the very early part of negotiating whatever's going to happen on the date. I mean, because you could have had several moments of consent spread out through the entire date process, but so much here, it's just the very beginning that Will really cares about people and in particular starts to care about Jameson. Jameson definitely does want to go on the date despite his nerves, and that makes Will very happy. At dinner one night with his well-to-do family, Jameson's mom tries to tell him all about the son of one of her friends. That would be just perfect for him. And in order to avoid a mom setup, he blurts out that he is already dating someone, conveniently leaving out that it's a charity date. I could not decide if this was the best thing he could do to stop the problem or just make it worse. Because now that you've said you're dating somebody, of course they're going to want to meet the somebody. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. It's like you traded one problem for a complete another problem. (laughs) This is the first look at Jameson's family, and I do like them quite a lot. Parents and families in these stories can sometimes be hit or miss on if you're going to like them or not. I like this bunch. They seem to generally care for each other. They have some good-natured jabs with each other. I enjoyed seeing the family this much up front in the book and already seeing like that they're a nice clan together, even if they are trying to push Jameson into a relationship somehow. The big night arrives, and when Will shows up at Jameson's, he is so awkwardly overwhelmed that he almost calls it off. Will assures him that he most definitely wants to do this and that their evening is going to be amazing if he has anything to say about it. Will immediately finds the right way to start to put Jameson at ease almost. It takes, it does take a few beats, but I even hear Jameson starting to figure out that Will is somebody that he can probably be around because Will gently tries to pull him out of his shell a little bit to take the chance to come out, to try to have a good time and that they could actually have a good time. It's just very sweet how he treats Jameson and not trying to be overbearing or brush his awkwardness aside. Things at the restaurant start off well and Jameson has some wine to help calm his nerves. The conversation goes well too and Jameson keeps drinking though and a combination of the alcohol and his nerves force him to cut the evening short. Will takes him home and puts him to bed, where in his inebriated state, Jameson admits that he wants Will to be his fling, and he wants him to be the guy to take his virginity. You get that mix of what Jameson will think is messing up the date by having to be brought home because he drank too much. But then he lays all of his cards on the table because he has drunk too much. (laughs) And admits that he wants this fling, and he's admitted his virginity, and that he wants Will to be the guy that he does this fling with. It's just, this whole thing is, again... So very sweet. I'm going to say that about 20 more times. This could be a drinking game. How often I say that this is very sweet. But I just loved it how the the alcohol removed his inhibitions enough to say exactly what he wanted because he would have never said it any other way. I think it's really difficult to describe the charming way in which these two interact. It's filled with light and heart and comedy. I mean, we could just sit here and read you entire passages from the book, but (laughs) we want you to read it yourself. 
I suspect Raleigh might not be too happy if we did that. <laughs> not to mention Michael Dean, who does the audiobook, who will do it much better than we read it. <laughs> so just trust us, these two have chemistry. Oh my God. Really cute. And Riley does such an amazing job of making that chemistry pop off the page. I mean, from the very beginning of the book, there's a snap and a crackle to these characters that I just really adore and made me keep moving the pages forward. The next morning, Jameson wakes up crazy hungover, which is no surprise, and he finds out that Will has stayed the night on his couch. And that is a big surprise. Will was there to keep an eye on him and make sure that he was okay. Oh, right. How many first dates are going to stay around <laughs> to see how that turns out and just to make sure he is OK? Another major revelation and how awesome that Will is and poor Jameson so flustered in the most adorable, cute way as he discovers that this hunky man has stayed over in his house. They sit down and have a talk about the whole virginity thing. Jameson explaining his idea of the summer fling. Will says that he'd be up for that. And instead of a handshake to seal the deal, they seal it with a kiss. It's in here, too, that Will point blank tells Jameson, you're fun and I don't even think you know it. You don't realize you're cute either. And it all sort of blows my mind. I like these little moments where he rises Will up and also tries to bolster him with a little confidence along the way, too. Because, yeah, Will has no idea just exactly how awesome he is. Will is coming to grips with just how charmed he is by Jameson and how much he's looking forward to having fun with him, both in the bedroom and out, when they make plans for dinner at Jameson's. Will hasn't exactly been the settling down type, which is one of the reasons he's so into this fling, of course. But he's watched his friends fall in love, and I really like this little interchange that happens as he's being talked to by his friends, and it said, Whoever he is, you're going to start to feel like you're losing your mind. You're going to be confused and a little nutty, and you'll probably fuck it up and make a fool of yourself. But if you're as lucky as me, he'll forgive you. And kind of what it's going to feel like if he actually falls for Jameson as this happens. How well does that actually describe the whole falling in love feeling right there in those few words? Thank you, Riley Hart, for just consolidating it into that one nice bit of dialogue the whole feeling it was just pitch perfect and look i actually did read something from the book <laughs> understandably jameson is nervous on the big night but the two of them order chinese and talk until jameson is a little more comfortable eventually taking things into bedroom where they lay on the bed and engage in a passionate fraught session this is jameson's very first orgasm with a guy and his mind is suitably blown this whole sequence is sweet and sexy as Will is trying, at different turns, seduce Jameson, but be instructive as well. Jameson's a really good student, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. This has one of my favorite sequences in it, simply because, and you heard Riley talk about this if you heard our interview with her in episode 286, how worked up Jameson gets at the idea that a peanut allergy could be a problem here. He had peanuts with dinner because there was peanuts in his Chinese food, and oh my God, is it okay if we kiss? Do you have a peanut allergy? Am I going to kill you <laughs> with this? It was so sweet and charming and also wildly funny. I could just imagine Will trying to keep a straight face through all of this because obviously Jameson's concerned, but it's really all okay. So their summer fling has quickly morphed into a friends with benefits situation. When Will comes over after a difficult evening spent with his family, they lay side by side in bed and commiserate about how each of them feel like outsiders in their own family. 
that the people who should understand them the most just don't get them. This is a big turning point for them because, like you mentioned, they're starting to move this out of the no-strings-attached zone into becoming friends and friends who talk. And this bit where we get to learn more of how they perceive their families was really key. I mean, they probably don't talk about this kind of thing necessarily with anybody else to the level that they start to do here, especially for Will. It was nice. I I liked seeing the relationship grow in this way and around this topic. Yeah, despite their outward appearances and their differences, Will and Jameson both get each other. And Will wants to get with Jameson. And he comes over one day and is on his knees before realizing that Jameson has company there. It's not the most auspicious way to meet Kira and Allie, but he rolls with it. They all end up walking to Piedmont Park and spending a lazy afternoon hanging out. And afterward, back at Jameson's place, Will finishes what he started earlier. What a way to meet the friends, right? (laughs) And it gave Will every moment to become the awkward guy, and yet he just rolled with it. And even Jameson didn't freak out too bad. He's starting to find out that he's not as awkward around Will. The more they're together, the more his awkwardness doesn't surface when Will's around and when they're having their interactions. And it's nice. It's sweet. I'll say it again. It's sweet. I really like how Kira and Allie immediately see not only the chemistry between the two of them, but as I said earlier, they realize that they get one another and that they're good for one another. And by the same token, Will's friends do the same thing. Not only are Jameson and Will two really likable main characters, but they're surrounded by kind of a found family. And there's a whole cast of secondary characters that really help hold them up. There's a lot of wonderful interaction and comedy that comes from that as well. Yeah. It's a really nice, like you called them, found family that's there. And Will's friends are getting a nice addition to their group with Jameson's friends and vice versa. It's going to be a nice meshed group here. So as great as things have been, they start to fall apart the night Jameson attends a big party at the Georgia Aquarium that his entertainment mogul father is throwing. Kira is there, along with Allie and Damien, a guy Jameson's mom tries to set him up with. Jameson's dad then introduces them to the personal assistant that has been making big strides within the company. That guy is Will. Uh Uh-oh. We already know that Jameson has issues at people getting close to him because they want to get close to his dad. And admittedly, at no point, because there's, you know, there's still somewhere bouncing around between Fling and Friends, they don't really talk a lot about what they do. Obviously, it's known that Will has a job, and it's sort of known that Jameson's getting ready to go to grad school. But there's not like a deep down nitty gritty talk on what they do and what they want to do. And so... Boy, it does it just blindside both of them to run into each other at the party and for Jameson's dad to make that introduction. Yeah, this was a big pivot point. And I have to say that it was this point that I actually thought would end up and be like the big dark moment in this book. And I was kind of excited to see this happen so relatively early because we haven't hit the 50% mark yet. Yeah, this is weird and overwhelming and awkward for them both. And needless to say, Will never intended to start dating his boss's son. Their fling has gone from fun to crazy complicated in a matter of seconds. Yeah. And not to mention the Damien's hanging around too. It's awkward for both of them that kind of Damien is present and might or, you know, <laughs> might not be a potential date for Will to have. 
Jameson leaves the party early and Will goes to his apartment to try and understand what this relationship really means for the two of them. And because of the perceived complications, if this is going to be their last time together, then Jameson is going to make it memorable. He makes it all about Will, gives him one hell of a spectacular blowjob, and it is amazing and wonderful and empowering. Afterward, Will leaves, but doesn't get far as both of them aren't quite ready to give up on whatever is happening between the two of them. I had so many emotions in this scene. For one thing, it was wonderful to see Jameson to be like, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And then delivered that spectacular blowjob to Will. And then it was kind of heartbreaking too, as they were getting ready to separate. Will even says, thank you for picking me. It was an honor. But I could just imagine that being said in like this kind of devastated, sad sort of way. And it was so sweet when they got back together before they'd even hardly separated. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) no, no, we want this. And we will deal with the ramifications later. Will tells his two friends, Elijah and Shaw, that he has caught feelings. Jameson tells Kira that he's caught feelings as well. So they talk things over about him and about the fact that Kira and Allie are having their own summer fling. I like how that just kind of wove in and became clear to Jameson. It was at least clear to me many chapters before that that those two were hanging out far more and in kind of a different way than they had been. And this news finally catches up to Jameson. So I'm like, yeah, you two go too and have your fling. Yeah, these two back and forth moments with with the friend groups are really, really important here. And kind of nudge the two on the way towards continuing to go and seeing what can happen between here and summer's end. A group date to watch fireworks on the 4th of July has our two lovebirds acting cute as hell. But if you call what they're doing an actual date, they will vehemently deny it. And they would be wrong to deny it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Kira has her birthday at an upscale bar. And as Will watches Jameson interact with their friends, he realizes that he is 100% in love. When everyone heads to the dance floor, Jameson relates a story from his past about why he doesn't like to dance. But here, he wants to dance with Will. Proving it is capital L-O-V-E. Cupid's Arrow has found both of them. Yeah. And they are hopelessly and forever now linked because it's not going to let them go easily. Yeah, it's at this point that they just can't take it anymore, and they officially declare themselves boyfriends. And to celebrate, Jameson tops Will. It's hot, and it's silly, and it's sweet and perfect. Yeah, the silliness was just the right thing that that encounter needed to make it right for these two. I loved it so much. I don't often... I mean, sex scenes are good when they move the plot, but I'm not often left with the idea of like, that was the perfect sex moment right there. And this moment between these two was about as perfect as it gets. For Jameson, he actually categorizes this 4th of July evening as like the best night of his life. And some of his interior monologue here, I love so much, and especially this last line that I'll give you. So he says, I couldn't believe how much fun I had. It felt like being part of something in a way I'd never let myself do before. I didn't feel awkward or out of place. I belonged with them. I belonged with Will. No, 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 don't think that. I couldn't stop that thought, though. It was a piece of me sewn into me now in a way that Will would always be. Like, dude. Just like, aw. Big time feels. Big time feels. (laughs) It is a fling no more. In the short time Will has worked for Jameson's dad, he's become a valued and trusted part of the company. And one afternoon, he asked Will to come have dinner with the family. And when he tells Jameson the situation, a decision needs to be made. 
Are they honest and announce the whole boyfriend thing or continue to keep it on the down low? Jameson isn't sure he's ready to tell his family. So it looks like Will is going to be spending the evening with Jameson family as his secret boyfriend. And you know that never works out well. People who are now as tied together as these two are give off an energy all of their own. Nobody's bothered to tell them that, though. The family dinner is filled with emotional ups and downs. Poor Jameson is a wreck because he's not very good at hiding things. And the meal goes well enough. Jameson's dad has a heart-to-heart with him, letting him know how much he is loved and appreciated. Plus, over the course of the evening, Will is somehow invited on the family vacation, which happens to coincide with Will's birthday. Yeah, because if dinner with the family is not bad enough, going to the beach house will be all the more awkward. One of the things that I really like about this particular chapter and the dinner overall really all the more sets up all the family dynamics that are in play here. Jameson kind of makes peace with his father in some ways because his father finally tells him that he you know, respects the man that he is, respects the, the, the things that he's doing, even though he's not working with his father like his father had hoped for him to. And at the same time, Will keeps seeing you know, that family dynamic plays so well when his family dynamic is so messed up. And Leon really taking the opportunity to essentially welcome Will into the family, although not as his son's boyfriend, but at least as trusted work colleague and somebody who is integral to his life. And how Will kind of sees that as kind of a father figure slash mentor thing. I really like how Riley wove this scene together with all of these different dynamics and made it work so, so well. Afterwards, they go back to Jameson's place and after a spectacular round of sex, they decide as complicated as the situation might be, it'll be best if they come out about the relationship and the vacation at the family beach house will be the perfect time to do so. I like that they keep making good decisions. They don't ever try to go backwards. Everything that they do, as difficult as it may be, They keep pushing forward. They didn't opt out of the family dinner. They're not opting out of the vacation. They just keep pushing forward. I think, you know, they're in love. They know it's really the only option here, as difficult as it may be. Jameson and Will drive to the beach house together. And the first day is a perfect mix of sun and sand and family. Though Sharice, Jameson's sister, figures them out right away. And it's not much later that mom and dad also tell them that they figured it out too. Jameson and Will are pretty crap at keeping secrets and are so in love that everyone around can see it. I really liked Jameson's mom here chastising the father for being like, I thought we were going to let them come to us with this. It was a perfect coming out moment for this couple. On top of the actual coming out moment, everything that happened after it, all the interactions that went down with the family, with both Jameson and Will, I mean, it doesn't get much more supportive than that. And it was really wonderful to see how all that played out in the book. As wonderful as things go with Jameson's family, the exact opposite happens when they go to Will's for a family birthday dinner. The meal goes poorly and Will's brothers are as crappy as always. They're so bad, in fact, that Jameson reads them the riot act. They don't deserve someone as kind and smart and caring in his will. And if they don't appreciate him, they can just fuck the hell off. I cheered. It's really good. Literally. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Will's brother Jonathan is late to the party. And when he arrives, Jameson realizes that in his limited experience with other guys, Jonathan was one of those experiences. But despite this awkward revelation, Will and Jameson are okay. 
It's neither of their fault. They just take a second so they don't overreact. The two of them are actually really good at taking care of each other. They really are. For me, this scene was such a like, holy crap. My mind was just blown. Like I had to take a minute at the revelation that got dropped that it was Jonathan who was Jameson's first time who had kind of just left him. And I'm like, wow, what a, I like the twist. I like the very much a surprise because there'd been a couple other things. One of which that I mentioned in here that is where my mind always saw the dark moment. And then you got a dark moment that came up out of nowhere. And I really liked that surprise moment behind it, but even more than what the revelation was, how these two handled it, not really blowing up about it. They were upset about it, of course, but it was handled, it was handled like adults. I mean, (laughs) let's talk about this. This was nobody's fault. Yes, it's a little awkward that it's my brother, but what happened happened. And the more important thing to to, to have here is now the discussion about why Jonathan was in the closet for so long why he felt he needed to take these actions to stay hid. Yeah. Will goes to his brother's house and sits down with Jonathan to kind of talk this out and like, what exactly is his deal? Jonathan is gay, but being the oldest and with the pressure of the toxic masculinity from their father meant that he could never be his true self. It's something that he's been working on, though, and he apologizes for the way that he's treated Will all those years. And they patch things up and stands by his brother's side when he tells their family that he's gay. It doesn't automatically fix all of their problems, but it's a start. Yeah, it's a really good start to at least healing things between Will and Jonathan. I'm sure there's a lot of work this family as a whole needs to do because they are so wildly dysfunctional. And guess what? That's probably what we're going to get to see part of in book three of this series, is, is how Jonathan finds his way. But I really enjoyed their conversation, too. Riley does such a good job of writing these type of discussions that can be really difficult. I mean, she wrote a lot of them between Will and Jameson throughout the book as they kind of navigated everything. And then we get this one with Will and Jonathan here at the end. She's really an ace at these kind of things. In the epilogue a few months later, Will and Jameson are living together and they throw a party with all their friends, Jonathan included. Found family can be just as important as those to whom you are related by blood. It's a wonderful little party, a celebration that shows everyone has a bright future to look forward to. If this had been a movie, I would have been applauding at the closing credits right there. (laughs) Um, I love these two characters so much for the way that they navigate going from essentially a no strings attached fling to becoming, you know, more that friends with benefits to really embracing the fact that they have fallen in love with each other and dealing with their individual family issues too. It just wrapped up in such a wonderful package for me. And even the family stuff, until you get to the very end where you're dealing with the stuff with Jonathan, the family issues are really, they're a little angsty, but they're light on the angst for the most part. So this was just a fun super breezy read for me and I just I adored it so much yeah the trope that I like to call fling to forever is one of my absolute favorite things and when you mix it like Riley Hart has done here with the whole virginity thing it's a really delightful combination paired with the excellent way in which she writes character and dialogue this book was sexy and it was fun and it was emotional I kind of love just everything about it yeah me too these two characters are probably in 
my all-time favorite pairings. Just the way they are, the way they interact with each other, how they take care of each other, how they lift each other up. It's so good. Well, happily ever after achievement unlocked. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion of Riley Hart's Awkward Love. And if you haven't read it yet, we hope that you'll consider giving this book a try. And as I mentioned earlier, if you want to hear more from Riley about Awkward Love and her other books, you can simply check out episode number 286 when we have an in-depth discussion with her. All right. I think that'll do it for now. Coming up on Monday in episode 291, author Adam Silvera will be here to talk about his new book in the Infinity Cycle. It was such a thrill to talk to Adam and in particular to talk to him about the Infinity Cycle because it's his first go at urban fantasy after several books as a contemporary author. Next week, Infinity Reaper comes out, and we will have all the details on that coming for you. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, please stay strong, be safe, and above all else, keep turning those pages and keep reading. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our original theme music is composed by Daryl Banner. 